ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. So I've been super honest with all of you that I was not in love with my former corporate career. I mean, it was okay, right? It was like I did some fun stuff. I went to trade shows. I worked on some ad campaigns where we would like fly out to LA and, you know, have photography and I would get to eat cool food. I got to travel. That was cool. But inside, it just felt like it was kind of empty. Like I dreaded going to work so many days. And so my answer always was just to get a new job. I don't know if that resonates with you, but I had a series of probably like seven jobs in a row that were like a year, six months, nine months. You know, I found it to be huge when I could last like two or three years. And it was like, I was always searching for something. And now I understand what I was searching for, which was the truth of who I am and what would make me feel fulfilled. And the thing is, I talked to a lot of women who say, I don't know that I want to leave my job, right? You might not want to leave your job or leave your career. The question is just, how can you make it more fulfilling where you are? Or even knowing, do I need to leave this job or can I make it work for me? Or should I? Is there something else? Well, my expert today on the Purpose Girl podcast is going to help us sort through all of that. I wish I had had her around 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when all this was going on with me. Stella Grisant is the executive coach who has helped over 1,400 overachievers work happier and live better across 21 countries. She's also an expert in positive psychology, and her specific field is all about helping you, helping everyone out there to end the dread at work and turn it into fulfilling, purposeful work. You may have seen her on Forbes, MSNBC, ABC, The Today Show. She speaks all over the world. She's a favorite for organizations like Google, J&J. I mean, she is on a mission to empower people to take control and end the dread that you experience, that everyone experiences on the job so that you feel like your most alive self. I'm super blessed to call her a soul sister and a friend and a colleague. Stella, welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you because this is a huge topic. So many people do not like their jobs or it's just okay. Yes, it's just okay. And it does, I feel like it doesn't have to be just okay. It can be amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it should be, right? I mean, here we are, we spend the majority of our time at work And for some of you, that means eight hours. For some of you, that means 12 hours. For all of you, it means time away from your loved ones or from other hobbies that you might really want to be doing. And so why are we all accepting these okay, mediocre jobs, Stella? Oh my God. That's a really good question because similar to you, I spent so many years feeling blah or bored or burnt out or overwhelmed or just like confused. And 
here's the thing. We spend most of our waking lives at work, right? And so in a way, what we experience at work isn't always just about work. Mm. It's, it's really just helping us notice where we have to grow. Mm. And so it's the lab where we learn about ourselves. And so I think that, yes, maybe your boss sucks or yes, you want to be doing something more social that has bigger social impact or yes, you want more flexibility. Yes, all those things are true. And there's something in that experience for you that's going to help you grow as a human being. And that's not necessarily about that thing. And so I think that's a big reason why we end up feeling all this negativity. It's not always about what it seems. So interesting. So really taking it from the external of blaming, it's your crappy boss, it's the crappy people you work with, it's the crappy hours, and really using it as an opportunity to go inside and say, what is it about me that I'm staying if everything's so crappy, what is it about me that I'm staying? Or what is it about me that got myself into this situation in the first place? Or what is it? Where is my opportunity to grow? Where's my opportunity to maybe stand in my power? Yes. And speak differently. Yes. And so that's what I tell people is the good news and the bad news. <laughs> because the, the good news is that you have more control over your situation than you may think. And the bad news is that you have more control over your situation that you may think. And so it means that we just have to take responsibility and look at those parts of ourselves that maybe make us squirm a little bit. Like maybe I'm not setting up really good boundaries or maybe I didn't say no soon enough or maybe I, I saw that red flag, but I ignored it. Ooh. And so it's a call for us to kind of open our eyes and accept that maybe we made a mistake or maybe we just didn't look hard enough. And that's okay. It's not about blaming or shaming yourself. But in order for us to really propel ourselves to being who we want to be, we have to kind of just look first. This is so interesting. I was working with a client maybe about a year ago, and she took calls from her boss at 10 p.m. Yeah. And I said to her, why are you taking calls at 10 p.m.? You know, she and her husband were recently married. This is supposed to be their honeymoon time. They're supposed to be doing something else at 10 p.m. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they wanted to have a child. And she's like, how could I possibly have a child when I'm getting calls at 10 p.m.? And I said, why are you answering at 10 yeah. p.m.? Yes. And she said, in thinking about it, she said, oh my God, because I just set myself up that way, right? It was like, holy cow. And then she said, but I can't now tell him that I'm not going to. And I said, yes, you can. Yes. You can simply start doing it differently. It doesn't mean that he'll like it. But what ended up happening with her is he yes. ended up respecting the boundary because he would have rather kept her, even though that meant there are no phone calls after 7 p.m. But he didn't want to lose her. So yes. He, and I think sometimes when someone is pushing your boundary like that, I think that they're trying to see how far you will, like how far you'll let them go until you call them on their own stuff. I think that someone like that, they may seem like they don't want a boundary, but I actually think that they respect it more. Absolutely. I think that 
you know, and we know this from positive psychology, emotions are contagious. Mm -hmm. And if you're feeling like a victim or angry or resentful, or you feel like you're not good enough, all of that really transmits on an unconscious level. And so if you feel that you're not worth uh, your sleep, your sex life, mm. uh, the, the man in your life, the woman in your life, the children, if you choose to put them second and, and you're kind of always worried that you have to like show up in a certain way, that kind of angst is what transmits. And pe- if you're giving yourself permission to do it, you're giving others people permission to do it as well. And so I really think that a lot of it has to, it, it starts with you. Mm-hmm. And what I find client after client after client is that you dread having the conversation. Yes. You, 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 dreading the conversation is often more painful than the conversation. You're so <laughs> yeah. worried. Oh my God, what is he going to think? Or she's not going to get it. Or they're going to, like whatever that fear is, is often so much more painful than the actual conversation. Like I had a client who um, literally would schedule time in her day to cry in the bathroom oh. because she knew she would do it. Like she was, she was a director. She had been at this company for 17 years. She was a rock star. She chose to go work on a different team because she wanted a change. Her boss ended up being a super micromanager. He didn't make her responsibilities clear. He always overshadowed her. And she just was like, what am I doing here? She felt completely disempowered. And so I worked with her and I was like, and we scripted out the conversation and she resisted having the conversation. And then she ended up doing it one day in a, in a one-on-one. It was like 25 minutes. Within 24 hours, she got put on a new assignment. Everyone was totally aligned and she stopped crying every day. Oh, so wow. It's like, it does, sometimes it doesn't take that much. Right, right. This is amazing. Such great work with her, Stella. That's that's incredible. You know, so for her, she was just dreading having a conversation. I'm sure she was full of fear. I mean, you and I both know, and we know this from the, the research, that fear can be debilitating, right? Like if you're out there and you're a single mom and you need to be bringing money home, you might fear having that conversation and fear that they're going to, you know, fire you. And at this point, you can't, you feel like you can't do that. However, it's probably not helping you to be crying every day or to feel so miserable or, you know, because then the emotional contagion, bringing that back to the kids and bringing that into the office. So what are the keys to being happy at work? Yes. So great question. So when, when things suck at work, our mind goes to, how do I get out of this? Like, Mm -hmm. how do I stop it? How do I escape it? And so all of our attention goes there, but just thinking about how to stop it or how to make sure your boss doesn't blow up or whatever it is, that doesn't necessarily, like escaping the bad is not the same thing as moving towards the good. Oh, this is so good. This is so good, right? So the the brain, the way the brain works is it's always looking to avoid or approach. And if you're just avoiding, you're never going to have that fulfillment. You're just going to stay on the run like I was. You know, I shared my story at the beginning. I would switch jobs all the time and because I was never actually moving toward anything. So exactly. I, just want, I like want to put a picture frame around this to like <laughs> highlight it. It's so important. 
Okay. So, so moving towards something. Right. And so the key is we have to, because our minds are programmed to pay attention to the bad. And, mm-hmm. and that's why we're so obsessed with stopping it and escaping from it, right? Because mm-hmm. that's just our negativity bias. It's our cave woman, caveman, adapted survival techniques. And so th- our brain will obsess about what's wrong and how to stop it. And so we have to, this is where waking up and being conscious and, and, and hacking that situation comes in. You have to choose to actively move towards you know, the good, towards that ultimate destination, which I call your vision. Mm. And your vision is not a list of things you want to accomplish. Like, oh, if I just, you know, uh, write the book or, because you and I were talking about it. <laughs> you and I just, if I just write the book or if I just get the promotion or if I just make another 20,000, it's all going to be okay. No. What's key to really being happy at work is you're clarifying how you want to be. Mm. How is it that I want to feel? What's the state of my, you know, experience and moving towards that? Because if you get clear on how you want to be and feel and you move towards that, what you will realize is actually there's a number of ways more than, than you think for you to be that. And so what happens is possibilities start to open up. You start to be creative in how you go about being happy. And also, you don't always have to ask for permission. You don't have to have a big conversation. You actually have this control within you right now. So you want to be, let's say, more creative at work. Great. You don't have to have a big conversation. Maybe you just start using a new fun template in your PowerPoints. Maybe you start wearing some bold colors. Maybe you listen to some really inspiring music. Like there's things you can do right now without changing your job, without even having a huge conversation to help you be how you want to be. And once you start taking even the tiniest steps that no one else will notice, you will start to feel that positivity. You will start to feel more powerful because you're witnessing yourself taking action towards you know, what it is that's important to you. And that starts to build on itself. And so you start to experience this like upward spiral Yes, and it builds, it's like exponential. And that's how you become confident. You know, that's the key to confidence. It's not assuming a certain posture, although that helps, right? We know that helps. It's actually you being who you want to be and witnessing that you can do that, that you have the power to do that. Does that make sense? Uh- Okay, this not only makes sense, this is huge. I love this so much. I'm like jumping out of my chair. This is so <laughs> good. It, it really, everything I think begins with how do you want to feel? How yeah. do you, I, I had the same conversation. I was on a dating podcast. I was interviewed for it last week. I don't know when it's going to air. And we were talking about how instead of a checklist for a guy or a gal, whatever your thing is, how do you want to feel in a relationship? And yes. this is the same thing. How yes. do you want to feel at work? Do you want to feel uplifted? Do you want to feel excited? Do you want to feel creative? How do you want to be? How do you want to show up? And then I love what you're saying, Stella, then start showing up that way. Exactly. I had a, I had a client who went into her beige cubicle 
and decorated the whole thing to the nines. Like gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Everything was pink in her very male-dominated industrial, like mechanical engineering company, okay? And she made everything pink. And people actually, it's like maybe some people thought it was weird. Nobody said that to her. Rather, the people who actually were inspired by it stopped by and told her that, right? So we are in control of so much. And yes. if you start making it more fun for yourself, the music that you listen to on the way to work, the, are you, you know, the things that you say to yourself, the, the clothing that you wear, you start changing those small actions. And I love what you're saying. It's going to build. You know, We know from the positivity research that what happens when you start to experience positive emotions is that your brain literally sees more and makes more connections and starts to build that confidence, like you're saying, for the future. So who knows? Then you will maybe end up with that promotion because people are going to start to notice you differently. Absolutely. I mean, we know that people who are have increased positive emotions, who have high well-being, they're 40% more likely to get a promotion that year. So, and you become more productive and you become more creative. And so there's so many benefits to it. And when you're coming home, you're not just being kind of this blob um, who's complaining. Uh, you're, you actually become an energizing force at home, an inspiration at home, or you're just fun to be around. Yes. Right. Yeah, it's, this is so huge um, because it doesn't have to be huge. What about the person out there, though, Stella, who's just like, I just know I'm in the wrong job for me. Like, it's just not at all fulfilling, right? Like, what mistakes do people make over and over again in terms of fulfillment? Or what do you say to someone who just feels like, oh, I, 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 even if I start changing some small things, something's telling them that there's a bigger change that needs to happen? Yes. And that's true, right? That has to happen. So what I do with folks um, when they work with me, so first of all, all of your listeners can do this. And I have this exercise that I'm happy to offer them as a gift. Uh, if you go to visiongenerator.com, that's where you can download an exercise to get clear on your vision. And that's what I do first with folks who are considering a big change is Amazing. have them get clear on their vision so that we can, that's step one mm, for mm. anyone who's considering a change or for anyone who just wants to make their situation better. So, so good. And we will put that in the show notes. So good. Thank you. Um, so I have them get clear on their vision first in terms of how, what is it like when they're at their most alive state? Because mm -hmm. there are points in your life um, where you can identify that or you can imagine like, okay, when I'm my most alive, I know that I'm surrounded by people who really get me and who are really kind and creative or whatever it is. Or I know that I have a lot of alone time, like whatever it is for you. Um, so you start to define those conditions that bring you most alive. And it doesn't have to be a specific career or specific title or specific company. Those specifics we'll get to later. So once you have your vision, then what I do with my clients is I comb through that vision for clues as to what their values are. Mm. So your values are the guideposts that keep you in the right lane so that you're making decisions and you're behaving in a way that will help you feel and be who you want to be to get to that vision. And so now what we start to have are these guideposts, which we call your values. And then what we start to do after we have those values is then we start to brainstorm. Okay, so 
what are some roles or responsibilities or organizations that might enable you to easily express those values? Hmm. And then what we do is we do a lot of due diligence. We do a lot of research and conversations because the big mistake that everyone makes when they make a big move and then they're like, oh, this sucks. This is, this <laughs> this is, is a no different, different job. <laughs> yeah. This is no different. It's just, it's a new person. It's a new company, but it's the same crap. And that's what, that's what I want my clients to avoid is because that's why we got to get clear on your vision and your values because- you need to ask really good questions. Ooh, I love this so much. I love this so much because so many people, when they come to me for purpose, they're like, I don't know what I want to be. I don't know. And they're just going for job titles, right? And yeah. it's like immediately trying to think of what I like being a lawyer, what I like being a doctor, what I like being you know, a, a, a nurse. And since they can't answer that question, they just say, well, I'll just go get another job exactly like what I'm doing. Oh, and it's like, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> we want to really avoid that. And we actually, when I work with someone in purpose, I, it sounds like very similar to you. I don't even begin entertaining what jobs, quote unquote, someone would have until after we do a lot of introspection into who you are, what lights you up and what makes you feel alive. Absolutely. And then you, right. And I love what you're saying. And then you retrofit the job or the work. So I'm so curious because, you know, I'm all about purpose. What does purpose mean to you? For me, purpose is you expressing it's it's you expressing your values every day like it's mm. just and and it doesn't have to be in huge ways it's just you being and again your values are the guideposts for who you want to be so it's you just being your you know your most alive self you're tending to yourself mm. and and what does that ladder up to to me that ladder's ultimately up to you being a loving human being who's of service. Like that's the ultimate purpose I think for all of us and how we express that is our unique combo of, you know, what energizes us. But mm. ultimately it's like are you being loving? Are you being kind? Are you being of service? And if you are, then cool, you're done. Like good mm. for you. You can go to bed and feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. But we have so much shit that gets in the way that tells us we have to, you know, have a certain amount of money or have, you know, all these things. And, um, but ultimately if you can go to bed and say, did I express my values today? Did I ex like, for me, I, I, I think about, you know, how did I express love and appreciation towards my family? Mm. How did I support and, you know, my clients and having growthful experiences? I ask, how did I tend to my vitality and to my energy? How did I grow my business? Like, I think of all the things that are important to me. And if I can say, oh, yeah, I did this, I did that, I did that, then I go to bed and be like, good. Well, this is, this is so huge, Stella. This is so huge. I love this because. How many women do we know, and honestly, sometimes I do it myself, going to bed saying, I didn't do this today, I didn't do that, I didn't get to this, I didn't get to that, I didn't do that, right? And, and all we do is think about the things that we didn't do. Yes. And I love what you're saying. First of all, I love what you're saying about purpose. It is being of service. And it's being of service in a way that lights you up, right? I think yeah. so many women are out there, they're like, I'm serving the kids. I'm serving the laundry. I'm so, right. So it's got to be in a way that is of like in your aligned with your values, but in a way that really lights you up yeah. and is energizing for you. And yes. that doesn't mean that you don't do laundry. We all have to do it. Yeah. But that you're really like, what would be a way for you to contribute? Yeah. 
that would feel, you would feel like that rock star, you'd feel alive. But for so many women, right, going to bed instead saying, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. So what you're saying is once you know your values, this is incredible, go to bed and look for the ways that you did exhibit your values that day. And then you can feel so good about yourself knowing even if it was in a quote unquote small way, you know, a small thing to you may be huge to someone else. Yes, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. So because I measure progress as did you do it or not, not how much progress. Mm. Because that's where I think we kill ourselves is we're like, you know, I didn't get a chance to work out yesterday, but fine. So could, could I beat myself up for it? But I also had really healthy meals. Mm. And so when it comes to my value around vitality, which is to, you know, keep myself energized and strong, then I can say, you know, yeah, I didn't work out, but I also chose really good food for myself today. And that's how I express my values. Mm. So it gives you, it's both an appreciative glance at your day. And it's also about like, you know, it's, it's searching for the ways that you're already being who you want to be. And that's really important because we often dismiss how much we're actually doing. And if you don't appreciate it, it's kind of like it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the appreciation of it is, is like putting the exclamation point on it, right? I often think of any experiences like a, a circle, a, a loop. And if we don't actually pause to appreciate the experience, pause to savor it in some way, it can like fly away before you know it. But when you pause to think about it, to appreciate it, to write it down, to share it with someone else, to savor it, then you're actually cementing it in your mind. And that's going to lead to increased well-being in the future. Yes, exactly. And not only that, it also gives you that feedback that, oh, I did have, mm-hmm. I did consciously make choices today. Like I did, it, it gives you some power back because otherwise you can feel like the forces are against you and you never have enough time or enough energy. And that, that script just gets so loud. But when you recognize that you're taking action, you, you know, you made those choices, you start to feel more in control versus yes. being controlled. Yes, I love this. And then that's how that confidence is going to build. You know, you just use such an important word, power. And I think that this is particularly important for us women because so many of us feel disempowered. And we know that we make less than men. We know that from the research that we're not as confident, that we're not applying to jobs, that we don't feel 100% are there. So what do you say to a woman who's at work who wants to stand in her power. I hate to sound like a broken record, but definitely get clear on your vision and your values and do that work. And just start with those small steps. Um, It really, it's really that simple. And then I also have people do just a general, one of the things that I think trips us up is when things go wrong, we complain. Mm. So um, I, I find that complaining is like, it just, it's like lighting a match underneath your negativity <laughs> bias. It just, it, it's like, whoosh. 
and it explodes. And so what happens is if you can just cut out the complaining, like give yourself, I, I tell this to my clients when they start working with me, we're going to go on a complaint vacation. It's all expensive. <laughs> I love it so much. And really what you start to notice is how many times you're complaining. And I don't mean you're supposed to sweep everything under the rug and pretend like everything's fine. I mean, you're not embodying a sense of suffering and grievance over everything. It's just like, oh yeah, like, sure, you know, Bob uh, interrupted me again today, but it's not like, oh my God, that Bob, he's such an a-hole. Like, it's just like, and so it's, it's tending to your emotional well-being consciously. Yeah. It's it, really, it, if, you know, we tend to everyone else's emotional well-being as women, our children, our partners, our bosses, try and make sure everyone feels okay, but just tend to your own, tend to your own mind, tend to your own thoughts, because that's so important too. It is so important. This is so interesting, right? And I love that you said we don't, we're not talking about sweeping it under the rug because I tend to think if you sweep something under the rug long enough, eventually it's going to start to stink, right? You sweep yeah. shit under and it's going to... Yes. Complaining though, complaining is, like you said, lighting that match. It's like keeping the shit going Yeah. and now transferring it to someone else. Yes. And, and what I recommend doing is you are entitled to your feeling of frustration, anger, disappointment, sadness. And I think the best thing to do is you go ahead and you like move it out of your body. I will take two minutes and have a temper tantrum. Like I'll literally go up to my office. I will scream. I will shout. I will move. I will be a two-year-old yeah. because two-year-olds know how to get their emotion out. And then they're like, okay, now I can go play again. Right. Or sometimes I'll go into the woods by myself and scream. And so it's like, you can get it out of your body yeah. and then make the conscious decision okay, and now how do I want to show up? Now how do I want to take my power and shift from victim to Bob and his mansplaining and jerkiness and be the creator of my own life again? And you know, one of the things I was just talking to a client about recently is when she starts to feel that in a meeting, just get up, go to the bathroom, stomp her feet for a few minutes behind a stall. No one has to know it's her, right? Yeah. And then she can come back into the meeting and she can collect her thoughts to say, how do I show up as the creator, as the powerful woman that I want to be in this moment. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's it's so funny. I think we live above the neck so much that mm -hmm. we forget that when our bodies hold on to this emotion, we just want to get it out. That's why it's so healthy that kids like have that tantrum and we need to get it. And, and that's why I think people really find a lot of release in exercise as well. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, that needs to like get out. And I mean, our bodies are programmed for it, right? Like our stress response, literally we get that shot of cortisol. When you're stressed yeah. out, you get a shot of cortisol, your body heats up and you get a rush of adrenaline specifically so that you can fight or you can flee. So yeah. if you get it out of your body, I find it, it helps and then you can regain that sense of mind control. And the thing is the, the complaining, like I'm all for you need to say, oh, I'm so frustrated. Okay, let me just get this out. But you then got to give yourself like a 30 second, you know, okay, I, I'm going to vent to you for 30 seconds and then hold me accountable that it's not going to be more than that. Okay, good. So, you know, have an accountability buddy like that so that you get it out of your system and then you choose now how to, how do I want to show up and to turn the crap into absolute positive confidence and charm. I love that. You know, it's just not about 
it's it's like you don't want to dwell. That's the thing. Right. We don't want to dwell there. And it's this really nuanced, subtle thing of how do I let myself feel so that I can get the information that these feelings are here for? Because those negative feelings are there to help you understand something about yourself or the environment. Mm -hmm. So how how do I squeeze all the information out of there? but then release the emotion or just like not dwell in it. Yes. This is- I, I'm trying, like I'm constantly playing with this line <laughs> <laughs> because uh, <laughs> I like, like to scream too and like punch a pillow and all of that. And, and so I'm always really curious about how to walk that fine line. And um, I don't think everyone has to like punch a pillow or scream. Like maybe some people, they can just write it out. Mm-hmm. Not everybody gets fired up. I think you and I both. <laughs> uh, and my husband often wishes I had another way to uh, to move through it. But um, yeah, especially so when it's, especially when we direct it at them, and we're not. <laughs> it's not about yeah. them, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even when I, it's not about them, and like I'll just go into the bathroom. I'll be like, excuse myself, go into the bathroom, and I'll you know, sometimes if I have such rage, I want to like lift the sink out from under the, f- like, I want to like detach the sink. Like I feel like Hulk Hogan, like I feel so <laughs> ready to like throw things and, you know, but I know that about myself. So I'll excuse myself. So he doesn't have to witness or mm. nobody has to witness mm. that, mm. but you know, maybe he can hear it. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's like, is our sink still there? Yeah, and we're, exactly. we're, we're okay. So, but this is interesting. So we know though, you know, women do, one of the reasons why women are more depressed than men is that we ruminate more, which is another way of saying dwelling on the negative, right? Mm-hmm. We re- we repeat the negative over and over to ourselves. And though there are a lot of these kind of asshole bobs at work, right? Who are mansplaining, they are interrupting us. They are not seeing our value. And it's not just Bob's. It could be a Susan too. I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so how do we stay sane and continue to go for what we want? Um, I mean, we just talked about that, an aspect of it. But what about kind of the person out there who's going, yeah, but Stella, you really don't understand the assholes I work with. (laughs) And how, how do they stay sane in this insane world? If someone is really being an asshole and you haven't talked to them about it or you haven't talked to HR about it, then, you know, something has to change, right? You can't just keep doing, like, what is it? Einstein said, like, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Mm -hmm. So if you expect that you're just going to, like, keep working hard and thinking that's going to do, that's going to be enough. It's not enough, right? Mm -hmm. So something has to shift. And the first thing that I always think has to shift is, is you from within your energy. And so I always say that go there first. So start being who you want to be. Sometimes that actually may change everything else. Right. Right. So like you just making these small, subtle shifts on your own, being more of who you want to be, which may mean like, holding down your boundaries, saying no, like these small things can start to really impact. Uh, if that doesn't work, then it's time to have a conversation. But I only, I only encourage conversations after you've made those inner adjustments because, again, energy is contagious and you want to walk into that room 
being the most powerful version of yourself. And so if you go into that room angry, resentful, feeling like a victim, then your message, even if you say all the right words and you have the perfect case for why you deserve to be promoted or why uh, Adam is being an asshole and you need to work on a different team, even if you have the perfect case and evidence, but your energy is I'm a victim or your energy is I'm an I'm in rage and I'm resentful. Even if you have a polite tone, (laughs) something is going to transmit that that your boss may have resistance to wanting to help you because there's something energetically invisible to invisible to the both of you that's coming through. And so the number one thing when it comes to communicating about your shitty situation is your energy. Mm. And that's your responsibility. That's what you can control and tend to. And then you have to courageously ask for what it is that you need. And so the thing is we often ask, but we're not specific about what we want to change. Ooh, specific. This is so good. Continue. So, you know, we can say to a boss, like, you know, I think a lot of times, like this is an example we get a lot of negative or constructive feedback, but we don't get the positive feedback. And so a lot of us, you know, a lot of people feel unappreciated or not Mm -hmm. recognized, Mm -hmm. or they have no idea how they're doing. They think they're doing okay. They're working really hard, but they don't really know because no one gives them positive feedback. Right. Especially for women. And so, especially for women, it feels like you're, if you want that positive feedback, you feel weak for asking for it. Right. You feel like a loser. Like, why do I? Am I being needy? Right. The right. We've been told our whole lives that we're too needy and right sensitive and too. We're programmed to like not be needy, right? And so, wanting positive feedback that seems like a needy position, right? But actually, no. It's like being human, and we all want to be seen, and we all need that recognition and appreciation. That's Amen. just right. And so, <laughs> Preach, sister. Amen. So I, what I find is that you can go into that conversation um, and say, like, I would just like more positive feedback, but uh, that may not even be specific enough. Like, mm. they may think, I tell you good job all the time. Or they may say, like, hey, I gave you that um, – I gave you access to that conference because I think you're doing a good job all the time. So in their mind, they might be like, sure, I'll give you positive feedback. I think I'm already doing it. Maybe they're thinking in the back of their... So you need to be specific. It could be like, hey, when we do our status uh, meetings or our one-on-ones, can we kick off the meeting with like three things you think that I, um, you know, did well on, you know, did well this week and then, you know, what you think I can improve on. Like just be very instructional as if you're giving someone instructions to build a piece of furniture. Make Mm. it super clear what it is that you'd like them to do differently or change. Mm. Now that said, sometimes you don't know what the specific ask is. So you could be clear about that. You could say, I'm having trouble actually giving language to what it is that I think, or I don't have a solution, but here's, here's ultimately what my need is. Like I need to feel more uh, recognized or I need to feel more control over my schedule or I need to feel uh, whatever it is. And so you could say, can you help me 
think of some specific ways that we could meet that need Mm -hmm. and invite them to help you brainstorm. So yeah, I think that once you make the ask, so if you're dealing with a, a crappy situation, adjust your inner, go in with a specific ask. And then if you don't, if, if not, then you've really done your job. And then, then you can peacefully say, nothing here is going to change. So now it's up to me. Am I willing to take this shit or not? Yeah, and so, so then you can go with peace. With peace and with power. And power, exactly. Right? And you have no regrets. You know that you did everything that you could do. Exactly. And you've used this, like you said, I love it, just coming back full circle to the beginning of our conversation as a lab for you to practice knowing your values, knowing what you need, standing in your power and asking for it. And that is going to be valuable in everything. That's going to be valuable in partnership. That's going to be valuable with friendship. That's going to be valuable with mom or dad. Like that's just valuable. That's amazing. It's super amazing because even if you don't get what you're asking for, you've already become a bigger human being Mm -hmm. as a result of going through all of that. And that is awesome. Stella, you are amazing. You are a wealth, wealth, wealth of information. Clearly, your clients are super lucky to have you, like so lucky. We're lucky that you came on and shared your wisdom. So one thing people can do is go to thevisiongenerator.com, right? Yes. And yes. then if someone's like, hey, I, I, I just, I got to get more Stella. Where <laughs> uh, so you can go to my website, whoopa.com. That's W-O-O-P-A. A H dot com. <laughs> I have to get a. I, I'm really thinking about renaming my business because it's so hard to spell over these podcasts. Right. But um, you know, it, I never asked you why is it Whoopa anyway. Yeah, it's Whoopa because well, when I first launched my business, and this is like a whole nother story, but when I first launched my business, it was really I. The mission has always been to bring people alive, hmm. and like what I call WUPA 1.0 was me creating these immersive play experiences for teams and adults so that they could just like, cause I think play is one way that we can tap into our creativity, um, connect freely, really be our most creative. And so I just wanted a name where when you said it, you felt already playful and uplifted. And so I was on the beach in Jamaica and I was like getting up from my, my beach chair and I was just like, oh, whoopa, that sounds fun. Like you can't say it being too serious. So that is where it came from. But then I didn't I love think it. about the tricky spelling. Um, right. And, and, and maybe at the time there weren't all these podcasts that you would need to be on. You know, exactly. But it, it, that is a word. I have this picture when you say whoop of like jumping up in the air. And that's the feeling that we all want at work and in our lives. So I love exactly. it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So I like to do this thing on the Purpose Girl podcast called the Purpose Power Play Round. And I'm just going to ask you, Stella, a couple of questions and whatever's the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay? Okay. Okay. So when you were little, Stella, what did you want to be when you grew up? A lawyer. A lawyer? Why a lawyer? Because I felt this passion to defend people who like didn't have the power to speak up for themselves. Wow. So I love this. I always find that what someone wanted to be when they were younger, even if it's not a one-to-one that that's what they became or they became and it was like, yeah, this wasn't it. It's the why that has such 
power in it because here you are, you're giving voice, you're helping other people have voice and stand in their power. And that's amazing. I love it. Yeah. All right. A book you have read recently that everyone must read. Oh, Becoming by Michelle Obama. <laughs> are you done with it? I just started it. I listened to it on audio and I loved it and I cried. Like I cried through half of it and I just, she's such a good storyteller. Like I didn't know she was like such a good writer. Oh my God. It's just, it's so satisfying in all these different ways and so inspiring. So mm. I, love I have, it. I have been amazed at what a great writer she is and yeah. you write so many incredible stories. I'm just in the part of her becoming herself, right? And just how she grew up. So I'm really at the beginning. And then I've been hearing from all these people, you have to listen to it on audio because her voice is so incredible. So exactly. Yeah. Oh, so, so, so good. Okay. And then tell us five years from now, we bump into Stella Grisant on the street. Ooh. Tell us one thing about who you're being or you're feeling or you're experiencing at that moment. Oh my God. These are really good questions. I am walking down a street. It looks like Brooklyn. It could be Philadelphia. It could be Hoboken, New Jersey. I don't know. There's like, there's like these, uh, these brownstones and I am, um, being with my family on my way to see some friends and mm. I'm feeling bubbly and happy and complete and feeling really, uh, proud of, of, of where I'm at and very content. Love it. Yeah. Love it, Stella. That's just so beautiful. So yeah. beautiful for women like you and I, who are like overachievers and constantly doing, um, and doing like cool things in this world to hear that what you're where you're really going. And I've noticed this in you, I feel like over the last year or two, and we've really been connecting a lot, is you really doing that inner work for peace inside and contentment. That's just beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it, woman, so much. Oh my God. I love you. Everyone out there, I'm sure, loves you like it's going out of style. So obviously, everyone, you have to do the vision generator. I actually downloaded it this morning. I haven't had time yet to do it, but I'm going to do it because I'm curious. I want to make sure I got my vision intact. In so everyone out there, we hope you loved this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast. If you did, please, please, please rate it. Give us five stars. Review it. Tell us what you think. We love hearing from you at the Purpose Girl podcast. Most importantly, share it with the women in your life. We all know women who hate their jobs, who feel like everyone else is shitty, who like really want change at work. And the best thing that we can do to change the world is to share this information with every woman we know and love. Because what we're doing here on the Purpose Girl Podcast, what we're doing as a community, as a women's happiness network community, what we are doing is changing the world one woman at a time. And I thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being part of that movement. As always, if you have not yet downloaded it, go to purposegirl.com, download your Living on Purpose Guide. It's going to give you, it's an ebook filled with questions for you to know what is going to be fulfilling, what your own purpose is, make you feel alive. Of course, find me on Instagram. I love your messages on Instagram. Thank you. Find me on Instagram, Karen Rockhind. Find me on Facebook, Coach Karen Rockhind. If you have not joined our Facebook group, you want to join the Purpose Girls group. We actually have huge changes coming for 2019 where I'm going to be doing Facebook Lives regularly. We're going to be posting um, every other day. You're going to, lots of great community stuff coming. So you want to be on that. 
And we have a cool new feature here where I can hear voicemail from you. I want to hear your actual voice. I want to hear what you love about the Purpose Girl podcast. I want to hear what you want me to cover. I want to hear who you want me to interview. I want to hear your questions because we're going to be doing a Q&A episode coming up soon. So go to purposegirl.com forward slash voicemail, purposegirl.com forward slash voicemail. And as always, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now. 